Hello, welcome to Sip Tea with Allie, and today we are going to be talking about some 80s movies because I have seen a few recently and I have some thoughts about some. I also have some movies from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s that I've been wanting to watch as well as shows. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of share some things that I'm looking forward to watching in my free time if I can. Um, Some stuff I've already started watching and my thoughts on some of the films and shows that I've been watching recently. So first off, I'd like to talk about Cobra Kai. I started watching it with my dad. Um, There are three seasons on Netflix at the moment and they are releasing season four in December this year. So that is quite exciting. Um, My dad and I are hoping to finish watching all three seasons before um, the release of the fourth season, which is totally doable because there are 10 episodes per season and the episodes are 30 minutes long. So it's definitely doable. Um, We are currently on episode... trying to think. I think we are on episode seven now. and he's been re-watching the first six episodes with me because he had seen them all, but he hasn't had time to watch the rest of season one. So he's going to finish season one with me and then season two and three. So we were kind of looking ahead to see what happens. We were looking at the descriptions of the episodes. So we kind of have a general idea of some stuff that's going to be happening in the next two seasons after this one ends. And we're a little excited about certain stuff that they're doing and um, the character dynamics and all that kind of stuff that it's going to build over time. I do think that they did a really good job with it so far. I'm really enjoying it, and it definitely gives you all those Karate Kid vibes. But it is very unique in its own way, um, and the way that they decided to approach the relationship between Johnny and Daniel is quite interesting. Um, So they're both... In a sense, they both switched places, I guess. So Johnny is now not living in the best place. Um, He is just not making the best decisions. Not that Daniel was in the first place. Um, Daniel Larissa was a good kid. Um, He just, you know, he didn't have a choice, but, you know, he... That's just what his family, I mean, his mom, you know, could afford. So that's just how it was. Um, But then, you know, you have someone like Johnny when he was younger being really rich. But then you find more about his past and, you know, why he was, he he turned into a bully and all this kind of stuff. And how he was neglected and the things that forced him, not forced him, but I guess made him feel inferior and like he needed to prove that he was superior that was quite interesting um, with the flashbacks and everything. Um, but it's, it is it is very interesting in the sense that Johnny and Daniel have switched places. You know, Daniel is, you know, he has his own car company um, and he's just, you know, a very <laughs> successful guy. Um, he's married, he has two kids. Um, and then, you know, Johnny, of course, like he... Um, has a divorce with his wife, never sees his wife, never sees his son, and, you know, it's just kind of in that situation, and it, it is quite sad, but you can see how karate is helping him, like, him returning back to his roots. Um, same thing with Daniel, you know, Daniel and Johnny still have this rivalry thing going, and it's very interesting because, something I noticed about this show is that it's like the actors have aged but their characters haven't changed really like even though they are living totally different lives from you know what they were living when they were teenagers they still are themselves and the way that they do karate is still unique and and is different um and I think it could just be the way that their senseis taught them and how they were probably grounded in different values and disciplines. Um, and you can definitely see that in the way that each dojo approaches things. So it's it's really good so far. 
I'm enjoying it a lot. The thing is, is we are watching it through um, VidAngel because it has a lot of cussing. Um, I don't know if the F word was used or not, but there's a lot of cussing. And to be honest, like, it, there's not much it cuts out, but it cuts out. It's really just language and a few just really minor content things. Um, that aren't even really that essential to the plot line. Um, so, I mean, technically, you probably could watch it if you don't really care. Um, my dad and I just felt like that was the, the best thing to do was just, I guess, watch it through VidAngel. He had previously done that as well in the past, so it made sense. Um because he's just like, why not? He just didn't really want, because it's more for, like, the fact that, you know, I have younger siblings and different things that if they are nearby, you know, they hear stuff and you know what I mean, or see stuff. So it's, it's kind of like that thing. Um, so we just choose to watch it on VidAngel and it, it, again, it doesn't really cut out much except, you know, some words and really, really short minor scenes. So that's really good. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. And the reason I'm mentioning this beca- is because um, I had mentioned Karate Kid a while back um, in my 80s episode. So I just wanted to mention again. Um, I still not, I still haven't seen um, Karate Kid 2 or 3. And it doesn't seem like it's really essential to know. And if there's anything in the old films that you need to watch, usually there's some sort of like flashback scene to I don't know one of those important scenes that way you get okay yeah I remember or oh yeah I never I never watched this one so you kind of get filled in at least I have noticed but it the first season only really has flashbacks to um the first film so I don't know if going forward in the in the later seasons if there are references to the second and third films um, I do plan on watching them at some point. I just, I've heard they're not as good. And that really goes to to pretty much every single um, sequel for a film. The second one's never as good. I really like standalone films. I think Karate Kid would make an excellent just standalone film. But it is really interesting that they decided to, to you know, expand it. Um, same thing for, like, The Mighty Ducks. Um, which I, it was an honorable mention in the last episode, um, and at the time, I don't think I'd seen it, I'd seen parts of it, um, but it's from the 90s, early 90s, and I finally got around to watching Mighty Ducks, I really, really enjoyed it, it has Amelia Estevez in it, so I thought it was quite good, um, there's some cussing here and then there, um, in content-wise, there really wasn't anything, um, it's on Disney Plus, and it is PG. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. It's just a fun hockey movie. It made me excited for winter. Not that I really experience that kind of winter where I live. Um, but it's just, it's it was a good film to watch um, with my siblings. I enjoyed it a lot. I remember seeing parts of it when I was younger, but I, but I was like, I don't really remember, like, what parts I remember, but it seems pretty familiar. Obviously, I've heard of it before, um, and I'm pretty sure, like, my dad was watching it when I was younger, which is probably why I saw part of it. So, yeah, I, I finally watched it. It was good. Um, I would recommend it. I think one of the reasons I decided to watch it was because Amelia Estevez is in it, And I was kind of like, why not? Um, My sister and I were literally talking about his eyes the entire time. But then I got into a debate at one point where we were debating whether or not Andrew McCarthy, Rob Lowe, or Amelia Estevez has better eyes. Like, which one is just, like, chef's chef's kiss? (laughs) And my sister obviously said Emilio, and I obviously said Rob. And that just kind of makes sense because she's more of an Emilio person. I'm more of a Rob person. Um... But it was fun because, I mean, I like Emilio's acting. He always does a really good job. So it was fun to 
watched that film because I really liked his acting and his character in The Outsiders. So it was fun to watch it and um, say I'd seen it. I started watching the second one. It's called D2. And I thought it was okay. I have been meaning to watch the rest of it because I felt like, okay, like, I could watch the rest of it, but it didn't seem like something that I was like, I need to finish this right now. Like, I I need to stop everything I'm doing and just finish this. Um, That's how I felt with Karate Kid when I saw it for the first time. And what's funny is that my, my dad and I had to keep watching it in chunks, and I was just so frustrated because I was like, oh my goodness, like... I need to finish this film, like, I need to, and it was kind of chaotic because, um, I had, like, a job interview, I had all this stuff going on, um, and so we were watching it in parts, and we were, it was, like, I think maybe two days into our vacation, my dad and I had some free time, and we were, like, we should finally watch that, and I'm, like, thank you, it was killing me, so I was really eager to watch the rest of Karate Kid. Um, so that was something I knew for sure that I needed to finish. And, you know, D2, Mighty Ducks 2, it's it's not something I feel like, oh my gosh, I need to watch this. I can't watch anything else or whatever. Um, I would definitely watch it. I, it. Again, I I like watching movies, but I'm very picky about whether or not I guess it's worth watching again. Like, in terms of like, oh, I started the film and something interrupted me and I'm like, do I want to finish it or not? Because I'm more of a person that really likes to watch it from the beginning. So if I do choose to watch it, I feel like I'd have to go back if that makes sense. So I am kind of the type of person that likes to watch a film in one sitting and have a good atmosphere. And I prefer to watch it I prefer to watch movies with a family member, um, but my dad and I have similar taste in, like, terms of, I guess, films, so we try to watch a lot of movies together, so that's been fun, um, yeah, so I need to finish D2, but we'll see if I actually do or not. Another film I want to mention is... I don't know if, I don't think I mentioned this one, but The Great Outdoors, I watched The Great Outdoors with my family, like, two weeks ago, I think, and we watched it through Vin Angel because there was cussing, um, there was, I think that was really it, just cussing, I don't think they really mentioned anything that was extremely, like, crude that I recall, but then again, it's a John Hughes film, so there could be some stuff in it, um, from my memory, it's PG-13, yeah, it's PG-13, um, and we just watched it through Vin Angel. My dad was kind of like, let's just do that because of language and stuff, because, you know, I had a sibling, younger sibling, who was watching it with us, so it just made sense, um, and it was a really good film. It is about a family from Illinois that is going to stay in a cabin, um, in... Was it Wisconsin? I think it's Wisconsin. Um, and it's kind of... It, the thing is, is, like, their relatives, like, um, his wife's brother, so his, you know, brother-in-law and his family come and, like, crash. They're really rich and, you know, kind of snotty and such. And they, they crash at the cabin with the family, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is an unexpected surprise. And they're kind of like, but this isn't a good surprise, um, and they're trying to, like, be, like, yay, this is fun, and, um, anyways, like, they, stuff goes wrong, and it's, if you have seen Cheaper by the Dozen, it kind of reminded me of Cheaper by the Dozen, in the sense that they were, like, at a lake house, and stuff went wrong, with, <laughs> I don't know, um, there was a funny bear scene, and, like, there's actually several bear scenes. Um, there's like a water ski scene. There, there's a lot of just funny scenes in the film. Um, it's a comedy, and it's a John Hughes film, so it's got to be good. Um, got to be really eighties. So 
um, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was something that I would watch again. Um, but I don't feel like super duper eager to watch it again, if that makes sense. I would definitely watch it again, but when I think of films that I'm like, I need to watch this again, and it's only been like several days since I've seen it, then that, that, I know that that's a good film. <laughs> um, and I know that everyone is like that, but again, there's a film recommendation if you're looking for something summery, outdoorsy, vacationy that's humorous. Um, wanting to pretend that you're escaping to Lake House for a week because that sounds honestly so nice right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a fun one, and it's a John Hughes film, so if you're trying to go through all the John Hughes films, and you know, that's a good one, I'd recommend that. Um, I have mentioned Pretty in Pink before, and kind of the storyline behind that in my 80s episode, but I really want to watch it again. I ended up buying Pretty in Pink from Half Price Books. It's not a Blu-ray version, so it's just, you know, regular DVD, um, which is totally fine. And I'm super excited to watch it at some point again because technically I watch it whenever I want now that I own it. Um, But I'm excited to watch it again because I saw it several years ago with my dad and I mentioned that because it's kind of like a dad-daughter type type of film. Um, And so that was really fun to watch with him, really sweet. So I'm hoping to watch it again at some point and my dad doesn't seem to like I need to watch this again um maybe I can convince him I mean he's seen it several times obviously um I just want to watch it again because I'm more familiar with Molly and Andrew's works because I've seen some of the other films they're in and I just you know it's interesting to see these people play different types of characters but a lot of the time the characters that they play are kind of similar in a way and you can definitely tell oh yeah that's that's just Andrew or that's totally Molly you know so having Molly Ringwald and you know Andrew McCarthy in a film together is great um part of the Brat Pack which is fun um I don't know if I actually went into details about the Brat Pack um I don't think I did because I was hoping to have more of a proper 80s movie type of episode um but I just never did um because life got busy so the Brat Pack consists of um Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Emilia Estevez, Ali Sheedy, Judd Nelson, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Anthony Michael Hall so to name some of the movies that these actors are in it would be St. Elmo's Fire, Breakfast Club, um Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Red Dawn. Actually, why is Red Dawn on here? I was looking at a list. I mean, okay. There are more actors. This is actually the the Brat Pack, if you know what I mean. But there are other actors that acted in films together that I kind of feel like should be a part of the Brat Pack that aren't, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. Like, I want to consider The Outsiders a Brat Pack film, which people probably be like, heck no, that's not a Brat Pack film. Because I think a lot of people just kind of were like, eh, whatever, to The Outsiders, because they're like, that's not like, you know, your stereotypical 80s movie, um, which is one of the reasons why I just love it even more. But um, I would consider it a Brat Pack film, because if you have Rob in it and you have Emilio in it, it's a Brat Pack film. Because Rob and Emilio are part of the official Brat Pack. And so if the Brat Pack is just a name for a group of young actors, you know, in the 80s. You know, these rising stars, um, you know, 80s heartthrobs. And they were all in films that are kind of coming of age films. Films about, you know, people in high school or college or out of college usually. Um... So it's just, you know, a group of actors. And there are other people that sometimes will get thrown into the list of Brat Pack actors. Like, I think you possibly could say, you know, actors like Patrick Swayze, maybe Matt Dillon and stuff could be considered 
Brat Pack actors, um, like, maybe sub Brat Pack actors, because they're not, like, the Brat Pack, you know what I mean? Because when you talk about the Brat Pack, sometimes it can be kind of, like, a broad term, but a lot of people just think of, you know, the actors from St. Elmo's Fire, which makes perfect sense, um, minus, like, what's her name? Megan, whatever her name is, who played Wendy. She is not considered part of the Brat Pack because she, I don't think she ever acted in any other films with these actors, which is interesting. Because when you think of the Brat Pack, you think of all, you know, all seven of the actors and actresses um, in St. Elmo's Fire because that's kind of the first Brat Pack film. Um, so, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I think it's kind of fun that they had a name for them and um, they were all in films together and did went on to do, you know, their own things after they did a lot of stuff together, which is really interesting to just see how they kind of formed their own group and um, they just had such great chemistry, all of them, and I think they just kind of became a family, I guess. So it just you know, it made sense, um, so I, I honestly love the Brat Pack films, uh, I mean, I haven't seen too many, um, I really want to watch Oxford Blues that has, um, Ali Sheedy and Rob Lowe in it, and it's a lesser known film, but it's also, but it's a Brat Pack film, um, I've been wanting to watch it, but I haven't gotten around to it. It is PG-13, so I would definitely watch it, Three of an Angel, just because my dad says that he liked that one a lot. It's one of his favorite um, Rob Lowe films next to Youngblood, which Rob Lowe stars in that with Patrick Swayze. So my dad really likes Oxford Blues and young blood, but he's like, but those have things in it that I wouldn't want you watching, and I'm like, well, and he told me some of them, and I was like, well, I don't want to watch that either, um, so, but I was like, but I want to ha- I want to watch the movies, because I like the storylines, they're very interesting, and I like the actors, so at some point, I plan on watching it through VidAngel, just because I don't want to see all the meh stuff, um, so I'm hoping to watch Oxford Blues and young blood at some point, um, we'll see. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's one of the films that my dad really liked that Rob starred in, um, and Youngblood as well. So that is, it's fun. I'm hoping that I can watch it with him then because he liked them. Um, and he's like, well, technically we could just watch it and not watch it through Vin Angel and I could just try to skip it. So we might do that too, don't know, uh, but we'll see. Um, yeah, but I'd have to say, I out of the the big three um, Brad Pack films that I've seen, Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, and St. Elmo's Fire, you know, those really big, everybody knows them type of Brad Pack films out of those three, I'd have to say that... Um, the Breakfast Club was one of my favorites, for sure. Um, just because I really liked, and I talked about this before, just I, I just really liked the whole theme. Um, and the dynamics that the characters had and how they were like, maybe we're not all, you know, that different after all, so... That's something that I kind of really enjoyed about the film, and I talked about that in my 80s episode, so if you want to hear about that, you can. I don't want to ramble on and on about The Breakfast Club, but I do want to mention that St. Elmo's Fire might come second, and it could just be because I I just really like having all those actors in a film together, and it's really interesting because the characters are in a sense slightly relatable 
because, you know, they, they all seem pretty confused as to, like, what they want to do with their lives and who they are and stuff. And this is, you know, like, after college, you know, you have a character who is really into politics. You have a character going to law school, but then, like, being like, wait, do I want to go to medical school? Um, which is kind of a part of the plot, so I don't want to give too much detail about that, I guess. Um, you have a character who, you know, how do I describe Billy? (laughs) Um, this is the character that Rob Lowe plays, which I just kind of wanted to strangle his character the entire time. In the end, you could tell he was really trying, and you could tell he always cares and he always cared um but he just didn't want to grow up and he let drinking get to him and hanging out at bars and with other ladies and you know cheating and all that stuff get to him to numb the pain and it's really interesting to see his character grow throughout the film and start to realize qualities and the importance of having a stable job and um not cheating and you know making something out of himself and um and he had to make a lot of sacrifices and things along the way and had to discover who he was so in a way his character did have some redemptive qualities in the end he still is kind of a disgusting cheater i'm not gonna lie um but I did like the fact that you could see him growing and recognizing and trying to make up for things so I I really did end up being like okay like I don't feel as upset with this character um and I was like but how like it's kind of hard to be upset with the character because it's you know Rob Lowe is portraying the character um (laughs) so it's kind of hard for me to be like oh my gosh um but I still feel like he did a really great job and it's really interesting because you don't when you think of Rob Lowe you don't think of him playing a character like this but after this film he really just kind of took on the role of Billy and that kind of affected him you know in a really negative way along the road of fame um and it got to a point where he was like I need to seek help and and I read his story about that and why he chose to become sober and, you know, all that stuff. Um, uh, I said sober. Sober. Why do I? It's really late at night, guys. I apologize. Um, but so his, his story is very interesting. Um, just Rob's experience with alcohol abuse in Hollywood and how it started at a young age. And they just encouraged it and all this stuff. And um why he chose to seek help and what it did for him and it was actually a really empowering story because he really woke up one day and he was like this is not right and meeting his wife Cheryl really made him realize that and I think it's just so beautiful because when you think about Hollywood couples um you think of a lot of them getting divorces and a lot of them not being there for their children and not caring and you know just kind of going downhill you know and Rob really started to go downhill um, you know, in his 20s and 30s and such, but he really, really, really tried, and he saw that he made mistakes and did things that he deeply regretted, even though he said that, you know, it's all said and done, but he's like, I don't think I would wish that it didn't happen, but he said that he, he realized the weight of what he did, and he said that, he you know when you when you try to fill your heart with just everything you know to fill that pain and that emptiness he said it's like you you turn to a lot of things that you shouldn't and then you'll go down a really dark path and you'll realize that's not it you know this is never going to satisfy me and I'm going to feel worse and I'm not going to feel like I can be there for anyone and so I think it was really his just kind of hitting rock bottom and falling in love with his wife Cheryl that really made him want to just 
stop what he was doing and 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 fix the situation so I really find his story quite inspiring and and sweet even though the stuff that he did like there you know is it's wrong um for sure but you could see the fact that he realized wow this is Hollywood this is a problem and now he is happily married to his wife you know no divorce they've been married for a while they have two sons that are very attractive and very well off and and Rob has always been so present in their lives and you can really tell how much he really cares about his family and just the way that the family just stands out compared to other Hollywood families if that makes sense because you know his sons will troll him on Instagram and um they even did a show together called the low files that my um my grandma actually watched and she really enjoyed <laughs> she likes rob um what's interesting when i found my love for rob Lowe, i started getting a lot of stuff from relatives when they found out that i <laughs> that i like rob Lowe, and everybody's like i like rob Lowe, i like rob Lowe. so i've literally talked to my aunt about it twice my um grandmother about it twice my grandfather once or twice I mean it's it's kind of funny because I'm like wait (laughs) I'm not the only one I love it um so it's been interesting because people send me like Rob Lowe articles and um stuff so I'm like oh thank you (laughs) it's kind of sweet that people think of me when they see something Rob Lowe related I'm like oh um but yeah anyways I just really like Rob as an actor um because he's just grown so much and he has really changed and the thing is too is like he doesn't feel regret and that I guess like unhealthy amount of guilt if that makes sense and I feel like we have to realize that like God will always forgive us and we need to learn how to forgive ourselves and realize that what's done is done and there's and you know all in saying that you wish it never happened is just not good because it if you think about certain things they're like oh my gosh I wish that never happened but some sometimes it's just bound to happen and we're human and we fall into habits and stuff and so it happens so I think it's just really interesting because Rob went into the auditions for St. Elmo's Fire thinking I need to improve I need to prove to everyone that I am not just this pretty face that everybody you know all these girls fawn over he's like I need to show them I am a man that I'm someone like um that can get drunk too and and all this kind of stuff so he I guess he took his role a little too seriously and I think he even kind of started realizing that at the time and he just kind of went along with it because everybody was like oh my gosh like this is the 80s this is a good thing this is a good time everybody it was just you know alcohol abuse and just everything was just a problem back then and it still obviously is but it's just it was really starting to take root in Hollywood and in the lives of these young actors and I think that it might not even have been their fault. It might have just been the pressure and the people and the atmosphere and what they pushed and um, all that kind of stuff that caused these people to start thinking in this way. And um, it's just really sad to see how it affected Rob and other actors. But I think it's just so beautiful to see how he hit rock bottom and he didn't just give up. Um, and wasn't just wallowing away and being like, woe is me, like, oh my gosh, I'm such a horrible person and such, like, he recognized that, he was like, yeah, (laughs) I was, I was going crazy, um, but the fact that he said that he wished, he, he wouldn't just wish it away, I think that is, you're kind of like, wait, no, but you did bad stuff, all this stuff, I think that what he, he, his whole perspective on it is actually really really good because you can't just wish that something never happened that's not realistic you're you know what I mean um you have to recognize that you're an imperfect human being you know and if 
I guess that's just something that I really admire of Rob and I feel like God really helped him through that even if I don't think he's really a religious person I do think that in a way his his thinking process for the whole thing is definitely um Christ-centered Christian-like so I personally just found it really interesting because just reading his story and, and finding more about how he dealt with the whole situation um there was a really really good article on it so if you're interested in reading that um and you like Rob Lowe I could hook you up with that article but um not too many people know who Rob Lowe is I mean you might be able to talk to a relative um an older relative and they'll be like oh yeah I know who Rob Lowe is um I think a lot of um older people do they're like oh I remember those days um all the 80s heartthrobs so it's yeah it's kind of it's funny because my family will tease me about it now but I honestly don't mind I even have friends who will kind of tease me about it um I had a friend who sent me (laughs) this Rob Lowe blanket she found when she was scrolling through Amazon and she was like you need this and I'm like oh my goodness I do because it was a collage of like a bunch of pictures of Rob um like young Rob and it was like a fleece blanket it was big too and I was like I need this I don't know why but I need it and the fact that she thought of me just made me so happy and I was like oh my goodness so um I'm like gift ideas anyone (laughs) I'm joking (laughs) um I showed it to my mom and she's like oh my gosh are you kidding me She's like, you do not need that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyways, that's enough of Rob. Um, definitely has changed a lot. Um, he just has that smile and that laugh. There's just something about him that just literally lights up the entire room, even though I've never seen him in person, if you know what I mean. Like, you can just see that through the screen. Like, he just radiates that um pretty positive upbeat type of guy I don't know he just very attractive love his eyes I just I need to stop talking about Rob (laughs) anyways I love him he's awesome um I'm trying to think I don't know how exactly I should describe like St. Emma's Fire, um, I, I guess I will actually, I'm gonna read what Google says, um, when you pull up the description for St. Elmo's Fire, um, so this is not mine, this is Google's wording, and it says, a group of recent college graduates embark on a series of misadventures in the real world. There's Kirby, who's played by Emilio Estevez, a waiter who wants to be a lawyer, Kevin, who's played by Andrew McCarthy. He's a moody writer who yearns for um, the wild. You have Jules, who's played by Demi Moore, and Alec, who's played by Judd Nelson. And, you know, Alec, whose, you know, political aspirations alienate his girlfriend, Leslie, who's played by Ali Sheedy. And you have Wendy, who's... um, played by Mayor Winningham. Winningham? Why can I not pronounce? I thought her name was Megan. I don't know why. I was like, it, I know it's something with an M. Mayor. Mayor Winningham, um, who's this quiet girl in love with Billy, um, who's played by Rob Lowe, and Billy, who struggles, who juggles roles as a husband, dad, and drunk. Basically, together, they grapple with adulthood, so I kind of paraphrased a little bit of that. Um, just because their wording is really weird. Um, like, the description, I'm like, okay. I don't think that's the best description. I mean, it does say a little bit about the characters. Um, but, yes. Uh, if you have these channels on your TV, it is coming on um, September... Ooh, hold on. September 2nd on Stars Comedy 
at 9.35 a.m. and it's coming again at 10.20 p.m. that night, so September 2nd on Stars Comedy East, and then on Saturday, um, September 4th at 7.10 a.m. on Encore Classic, and that same day in the evening, Saturday, September 4th at 4.25 p.m. Encore Classic. So that's according to Google, so if you have Stars Comedy East or Encore Classic, you can watch those film, the film on TV. I will warn you, though, that it is rated R. There are some sex scenes and things that I would just choose not to watch. Um, they're not even really that important to the plot. I mean, there's one thing, but you get an idea of what happens. I just recommend watching it through VidAngel just because it's cleaner that way. I personally just feel more comfortable. I watched the first 35 minutes of the film um, without VidAngel and it wasn't that bad in terms of the content in the first, you know, 35 minutes, but definitely gets to a point, you know, mid-film or even further in where it kind of becomes a problem. Um, yeah, anyways, I just, I would recommend watching it through VidAngel. It's a really good coming-of-age film. A lot of people would be like, it's not that great, and it's, it's okay. Um, it's definitely not my favorite. I'd have to go into more details about why I like it, I guess, at a later time. Um, but I did really resonate with the character, Wendy, who, as Google describes her, as a, is a quiet girl in love with Billy, who, um, Rob Lowe plays. And what's interesting, though, uh, um, is I was watching the second half of the film with my dad, and... He was talking about how, well, I guess there's this scene where it's kind of towards the end, I guess-ish, where Wendy is talking to her dad, and she's like, I just don't love him, which is the guy that her dad set him up, her up with and everything, and because um, he's kind of making a deal, like, I'll get you a nice car if you go out with this guy, because you need to start taking some sort of good guy um, that would be good for our family business and everything into consideration um and she's like um I just don't like him but she she pretended to because she wanted a nice car um and she's just like I just she tried she really tried and part of it was just that she wanted to get back to get back at Billy because Billy, she's just kind of like, you need to wake up, you need to get your life together. And I think something she said started getting him sort of thinking, but I don't think it was really until he talked to Jules that he realized, man, I have just been a really crappy person. Um, so, I think, you know, maybe his conversation with Wendy did something, but you can definitely tell as the film goes on um, that he he's starting to wake up and realize more things. And I, I know that Wendy for sure was just kind of like, dude, if you love me, you better prove it and you better respect me. And I just need to figure out things right now because she, she wants to prove that she can live on her own and do things on her own because she's still currently living at home you know she's just got out of college she's you know moved back home um you know she's been trying to work at a job and it's just not that great and she says when she's at her work she says do you ever feel like you're not accomplishing anything she says this to Billy and he's like well yeah like <laughs> I'm well acquainted with that feeling and you know they end up going to get a drink or whatever but her saying that I was like dang I really felt like that at that moment in my life and I still kind of do I feel like all the work that I'm doing is not paying off and it just feels so frustrating and I just feel so burnt out and I don't want to do anything anymore and I'm like why why bother why keep on trying because it doesn't seem like 
anyone notices what I'm doing and like I notice anything and you know it's making a big change or whatever in the world like it's just kind of like then what's the point you know I feel like I'm working myself in overdrive and getting nothing done and it's kind of something I definitely feel because I feel like there's a lot of um there's just a lot of times where I've noticed that I've had to strive not really strive but struggle um and, and I guess even kind of strive as a result um but struggle a lot in a certain subject or thing and I guess I I feel like I've had to work harder than my certain peers if that makes sense it's not that I don't understand or something it's just that the way I think and the way I work is differently it's just very different than other people um and it's not that I'm dumb or anything it just seems that I have to work harder than other people to be successful I have friends that can procrastinate or or just not even try super hard on something you know kind of those people who just kind of are like oh whatever and they end up getting like the best grade in the class um you know, or those people who are just kind of like, yeah, I'm not that great at this, and they play some amazing piano piece, and here I am really struggling, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I feel like, in a sense, Wendy really reminded me of that, and I could really see myself in her shoes, because I feel like, you know, I might come out of college not knowing what I want to do with myself, thinking, I'm, you know, working somewhere I don't want to work, feeling like I'm not accomplishing anything, you know, trying to prove to my family I can do it, I can live on my own, I can do all this stuff or whatever, I can pay for it myself, like, and that's what she wants to do. She just wants to prove to everyone that doesn't think she, that she can do it, that she can do it. And it's not that my, my family and peers and stuff think that I can't, it's the fact that I feel like People view me as this anxious person that is too afraid to go out into the real world and that never wants to grow up and that never wants to do things on her own. Like, even though I'm a very independent person and people recognize that and I'm kind of a go-getter, like, I, you know, the thought of growing up and, and doing things on my own, living on my own, these things scare me and they kind of have for a long time and I guess in a way I want to prove to everyone that I'm not a little girl anymore if that makes sense um you know I want to prove to my parents that like I can make it you know and I'm worried that like I might go through college and not you know just getting by and such and then I come out of college just being like yeah I'm not much has changed you know um And so I guess there's a lot of fear there and a lot of just kind of like, what am I supposed to do? Am I accomplishing anything? Can I make anyone proud? Um, And one of the lines from the song, one of the songs in the soundtrack really, really sticks out to me. Um, So in the St. Ellis fired soundtrack there's a song called oh my goodness it's like love theme love's theme hold on <laughs> love theme from St. Elmo's Fire that's what it's called um there's this line in the song that says someday when we both reminisce we'll both say there wasn't too much we missed and through the tears we'll smile and we'll recall we had it all for just a moment. So it's kind of that moment of, okay, we might cry now. We might think that we're never going to get by. We're never going to be able to accomplish X, Y, and Z or, or do this and that or be this and that. Or, you know, we might feel like we're never going to figure things out. And and that's the thing I that I like about this film is that even though these people have jobs and these people, you know, have a place to live and, you know, all this kind of stuff after college, they still feel like they haven't discovered their purpose yet. And I like that because these are people out of college that are just kind of like, man, maybe you don't have to have it all figured out right after college and that's okay, you know. Um, it just shows you those struggles and it's kind of a coming of age film in a way. 
even though it's not like centered around teenagers it's centered around adults in a way it is a coming of age film in itself and it just has that has those elements that just kind of scream you know life might seem tough and it might seem like we're living on the edge and we we're all confused and we don't know what we're doing and all this kind of stuff and like people don't believe in us and everything but we'll look back one day and we'll laugh and we'll say man I don't know what we were thinking we made it and I think that that's the kind of film that this has and that you know those song lyrics um and you know love's theme which is the song that plays at the end of the film when the credits are rolling and everything um, and you get to see the St. Elmo's Bar. Um, there's just something about that that made this film really stand out to me. And it's really interesting because it's brought um, a friend in, of mine. Like, it's brought us closer in a way because we really resonated with two different characters. And, it's like, she really resonated with Jules and I really resonated with Wendy. And it's just been really sweet to be able to bond over that. And, you know, I've claimed her as my Jules and she's claimed um, me as her Wendy. And... I just, I think, I was explaining my confusion and just everything that I felt about watching, like, the rest of St. Elmo's Fire to her, and I was like, oh my goodness, and she understood, and her response was literally the sweetest response ever, um, and, (sighs) hold on, I feel like I'm gonna try to summarize what I said. Um, yeah, so I said, I just finished St. Elmo's Fire, fire. <laughs> finally, I got kind of emotional, my dad watched the rest of it with me, um, Billy's speech always gets me, um, I totally recommend watching Billy's speech, go look it up on YouTube, Billy's speech, St. Elmo's Fire, like three minutes long, so good, has, he has great words of wisdom, anyways, my dad said, you feel like Wendy, huh? whenever she was confessing confessing her love for Billy to her dad and I said I you know I kind of giggled and said yeah because you know he was just kind of thinking about how I liked Rob and everything um but you know in truth I really felt like her when she said do you ever feel like you're not accomplishing anything especially at the end when she said yeah you know you know what's great Last night, I woke up in the middle of the night to make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you know, it was my kitchen, it was my refrigerator, it was my apartment, and it was the best peanut butter jelly, peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I've ever had in my entire life. You know, it was all hers, and she did it all herself. If only I had the guts to do the same, but one day I will. Anyways, um, just kind of thinking about it, I don't know why it makes me so emotional. That is probably one of my most favorite lines out of like the entire film entire probably in the top few scenes in 80s films like if I had to um rank them and everything that would definitely be one of them is just when she said that you know she woke up in the middle of the night and she was in her own place and she made herself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and it was her refrigerator her peanut butter and jelly sandwich her apartment she did it all herself and and she she's kind of like I made it you know that and you can see it in her face and her voice and just the way that she even stresses like it was mine um I don't know why it was it felt so moving but it resonated with me because I I feel like, man, maybe I'm going to make it one day, maybe, because I found myself in Wendy's shoes, and I was kind of like, wow, um, this is really nice, and I think one of the things that make these 80s films stand out is the fact that these characters were nowhere near perfect, you know, and and the things that these characters did in, in some of these films just instead weren't the most I guess, kind, friendly, pure things, but in the end, they all, they, they, they realize where their mistakes were at, what was important, you know, they all really just, 
are coming-of-age films with people that are confused and it makes you feel like okay these people even though they're they're fake or whatever like the directors their purpose was to make people feel like they're not alone and that's something that I find is so beautiful and unique about these certain 80s films is the it's just the family likeness of these characters of these group of friends that might all be so different might be on different paths but are all coming together because of that one thing or are there for each other even if they're mad at each other or fighting or whatever they're they're still there for each other that's that just shows you that like you're gonna be okay like God's gonna bring people into your life that are going to be there for you and you're gonna be okay you're not gonna be alone you know you're gonna find your people you're gonna find your group you're gonna find your place you're gonna find your passion and it's gonna be it's gonna be okay um and I want to read to you my friend's response because it literally made me want to cry. Um, she said, oh, that makes me so happy you enjoyed it. I know one day you'll have your own kitchen, your own fridge, and the best, in all caps, um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And hopefully your own Rob Lowe-like hu- Rob Lowe-like husband. That movie means so much to me. So I'm glad I got to share it with someone and they found it as special as I do. Uh, and then the other, just last night, she was texting me about how that, our conversation and, and some of the stuff I continue to say about that and everything just meant a lot to her. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm claiming you even more officially as my jewels and I love it. I really do love it. Um, it is just... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It just kind of makes me nostalgic for something that I never experienced before. And while people are kind of like, well, St. Elmo's Fire wasn't the cleanest film and it wasn't just the best film in general. Like, some, it, it's really, it was really popular. But again, like it, there, there are people that either love it and love it to death. Um, people who can quote it by heart. Or people who absolutely hated the film. So you just kind of encounter different people and different ideas. And, you know, you encounter someone biased people. We, you know, you encounter a lot of biased people. Um, I mean, pretty much with everything. And I just recommend watching it through Vin Angel for sure. Or with someone who has seen it before. Um, that way, you know, if you skip something, they can explain the stuff or whatever. Anyways, it, it felt like, okay, like, maybe some of the values in this film like weren't the best but then I realized when I really stepped back and I took it from okay if I was in this person's situation or if this happened to me or this you know or maybe if I didn't have like God in my life or good people in my life that were influencing me all this kind of stuff maybe I would have you know what I mean like you start to be able to see things from a different perspective um and I feel like there's always just one character that kind of stands out to you or resonates with you in these type of films and just Wendy happened to be that character um so I mean it's just something that I find it's just special to me um it just has a lot of those really great excellent actors and actresses from the 80s that really just shined in, in, a, in any single world that they were in but especially when they were in films together because they again they formed that family likeness and um you know they did tours together they did all this stuff together interviews and and films and it was just I just think it was really just beautiful the friendships that those films developed and I mean it just helped create even more chemistry between the characters that they portrayed which made those characters that were friends or lovers or whatever on screen more feel real you know it felt more real because wow these are people interacting all the time or had all these connections or did films together in the past before so it just made sense so these films are just very heartfelt in a way um and I think just stand out to me in terms of just I guess the acting and the storytelling and the and the themes um i also want to mention just a few 
before I go, I just want to mention a few films that or or TV shows that I'm hoping to watch. So if you've seen any of these or you're interested in watching them or whatever, talk, let's talk about it. I don't know. Um, I went to watch The Low Files, which I mentioned is just a show with um, Rob Lowe and his sons. Top Gun starring um, Tom Cruise. You have Red Dawn starring C. Thomas Howell, um, Patrick Swayze, and a lot of other popular stars. Mission Impossible, also starring um, Tom Cruise, and I think Emilio Estevez makes a brief appearance in that at the beginning. Um, Wayne's World, which has Rob Lowe in it. My parents love Wayne's World. They were actually um, the two guys for Halloween. It was pretty funny. It was like two years ago. Um, Legally Blonde, Legally Blonde 2. We actually own the second Legally Blonde I didn't even realize there was a second one. I haven't seen the first one, but I've been meaning to. My friend really, really likes it. Um, and she's like, you need to watch it. And the, the first one's on Netflix. So I guess I'm going to watch the first one on Netflix and the second one on DVD. So that's that's cool. Um, 16 Candles, which stars, uh, which has Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald. So two of the Brat Pack um, peeps. Um, but again, it's rated R because of language and um, stuff. So... I think it's more of a language thing because the F word is said a lot. So I want to watch that with my family at some point, like my dad or my, you know, mom or whatever, um, on Vet Angel just because we like those type of films. Um, my Bodyguard starring Matt Dillon. really want to watch that. My dad loves that film. That film, like, he literally watched it. I don't know how often he watched it, but he watched it quite a bit when he was young and he he said that his it's his favorite film that matt dillon stars in so i was like cool um dead poet society which is a classic i still haven't seen my mom really really likes it she can quote certain things by heart um robin williams stars in it and it i think it's from 1989 so it's an 80s movie but pretty much 90s film um you have back to the future one two and three been wanting to watch those then you have karate kid two and three that i also want to watch and all the Back to the Future films and all the Karate Kid films are on Netflix, so heads up if you want to watch those films. Um, great classics. Then you have Footloose. I still haven't seen that. Of course, everybody knows the iconic song. Still want to watch it. I believe it's also PG. Um, I'm trying to think. Ooh, I want to watch Holiday in the Wild, which came out in 2019. It's a Christmas Netflix film um, that Rob Lowe is in, and... My grandmother really, really liked it. She thought it was sweet. Um, but I really want to watch it. Sounds good. Christmassy. Probably watch it. We'll watch it closer to Christmas. Um, I don't know, maybe more towards the holiday season. I don't know. Kind of saving that. Something to look forward to. I'm trying to be like, no, I can't watch this right now. Because um, I want it to be, you know, more special. Um, then there's Mighty Ducks 2, which I already mentioned. Oxford Blues, which I already mentioned. My Long Hot Summer, which my dad wants me to watch. It's, um, you know, more more of like a classic 50s type film. Young Blood, Cobra Kai, which I mentioned. I started watching already, so I'm really excited about that. Um, Parks and Rec, which I don't know if I rec- if I talked about this or not at the beginning. I don't know, but I really wanted to watch. I really want to watch Parks and Rec just because Rob Lowe plays the character. Um, man, I realized how many... F- things on this list that Rob Lowe stars in. Um, but anyways, Parson Rec has Rob Lowe. He doesn't come until like season two or three, I think three actually, and he plays this character named Chris Traeger. Oh my goodness, from the clips and things I've seen, his character is hilarious. He's like this anxious wreck, and I don't know, I just love him. He's positive, but you could tell he's trying to be overly positive just because like he's like forcing himself to like be fine all the time and make everyone happy and make everyone comfortable and all this kind of stuff. I don't know why, but I, his character just, like, stands out to me just because I'm like, dude, why do I feel like him? I don't know. Um, so I really want to watch Parks and Rec. Um, Uncle Buck, just an 80s film, thinking about watching that. Um, I Am Patrick Swayze. It's, like, a documentary-type film um, about Patrick Swayze that they released a few years ago. Um, I know C. Thomas Howell is in it as well as Rob Lowe but they're um because Patrick Swayze died from cancer in 2009 I believe 
um, and they decided that they were going to make a film with some of the big stars he starred in some films with, you know, um, for them to reminisce and, and kind of give back. Um, so I want to watch that at some point. And then you have Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is another comedy film kind of similar to Wayne's World. I don't know why I just kind of put the two together because it just, I don't know, seems similar. Um, but Keanu Reeves stars in Bill, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So there's a familiar actor and Ghostbusters because I've never seen Ghostbusters. Kind of sad, kind of an essential. Um, so that's my list so far in terms of films and TV shows, mainly films that I really want to watch. And you can tell it's kind of a trend going 80s, Rob Lowe, you know, <laughs> you know, certain just those certain actors that I've mentioned a lot, um, mainly the seven heartthrobs in The Outsiders. Um, <laughs> so, yes, but these are all films that, like, family has recommended to me and just seem like classics that I need to watch because it's fun, though, because now I'm like, okay, it's not like everything's over because I'm like, oh my goodness, I watched The Outsiders, I watched this, this and that with these characters, you know, with these actors in them, and I'm like, oh man, now now it's all over the magic of all the, of all these actors are over i'm like wait no these actors have been in a lot of films and i'm kind of like wow this is great i fell in love with 80s heartthrobs that are in a lot of films and sometimes are in films together which makes it even better so i'm in luck for sure which is really nice um i almost seem a little overwhelmed with the whole i guess long list it's it's a pretty long list um but it's fun it's fun to have something to look forward to some things in mind and obviously I'm not gonna just fly by it in one month or something like that I'm not that type of person so that is good (laughs) anyways I will probably stop rambling on and on and on and on about 80s films I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about some of these films and shows and things that have just kind of resonated with me stuck out to me inspired me and everything um so if you are in need of some films um inside or want to talk about any of these films that you've watched recently or your parents have talked about or whatever and you're like man I seem interested in this or I just want to rant like just really rant to someone about one of these films that you've seen that I've mentioned or whatever or just another 80s film that you recommend reach out to me let me know like always open to talk and share ideas